I was out in the wild today. Went to a little-known coffee shop you might have heard of called Starbucks. Crazy, man. They got all sorts of... You know what? I know that you're thinking coffee is just, like, drip coffee. It's not, man. They got all sorts of stuff there. They got this crazy new drink called, like, a latte, apparently. And it's a little bougie, and a li it's exotic. It's like a foreign food. Um, it's like, uh, coffee, and then it's got some kind of cool milk in it or something like that. What's up with that, dude? Anyway, that's my bit. Guy who, uh, guy who doesn't realize that Starbucks is, is commonplace now. When was coffee introduced to North America? Kind of an interesting question, right? Because there was, there was a time, I, I believe coffee grows... In, I, I don't know where it, it I was going to say spawned, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I think the, the coffee beans are native to South Africa, or sorry, South America and Africa. I wonder when North Americans started drinking coffee, man. Must have been like the, maybe like the 16th century or the 15th century. What the heck did, did people just not, did, were there any, anybody here like, historically minded I'm, I'm so interested in like historical like food norms because the other day i made a joke about how like you know if you're a caveman like didn't you just eat like the same diet for your entire life and someone very flippantly in chat as if it was common knowledge was like actually cavemen had incredibly varied diets which i'm not necessarily saying i disagree with but are you telling me that if a caveman saw, like, a bowl of bibimbap with, like, 25 different kinds of vegetables in it and stuff like that, they would be like, yawn, boring. That's, that's just the norm for me. Like, I'm, I, I kind of thought, like, if, if you're a caveman and you live near, like, a, you know, like a peanut area, then you just ate almost exclusively peanuts for your entire life. That's, that's what I thought it was like. I guess they would have trouble making the stone bowl. You're not wrong. <laughs> a peanut area? Yeah, you know, like a peanut area. The peanut lands. There must have been wild peanuts. Salt peanuts. Salt peanut. Dark better. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's all I got. Like, I'm, I'm interested. What are those shots doing, man? I'm, I'm interested in that kind of, like, historical food. Like, were people in, the, in North America... Even like the the nobility in North America, were they uh, were they not consuming a stimulant beverage in the morning? Were they just like they were just raw dogging it? Tea. Okay. Well, you know what? I hadn't considered that. <laughs> it turns out there is more than one. You're not wrong. But wait, isn't tea like when was tea introduced to England? Because it must have... I'm assuming that tea came from Asia originally. And then was, you know, rolled into, like, the British... The British diet. They had tea before then. Okay, well, I'm just asking, like, you know, where was it originally from? You know, it had to be from... Or were there, like, 20 different kinds of teas? that, And, you know, in England they were just... Uh, they were putting, like, newspapers into the kettle or something like that and making newspaper tea. You ever hear, um, the 
Apparently, this is a. I, I'm also very interested when people think they come up with like a, a, new, a new strategy for sleep. I know we've talked about this a lot recently. I'm basically interested in the aspects of science that can't be empirically studied because then uh, when you're like, you're an idiot, I'm like, actually, it can't be tested, so maybe I'm right. Uh, either way. So the, the thing I've talked about in the past is I had a friend in high school who decided like over spring break he was going to try that supposed Thomas Edison polyphasic sleep schedule. Where, like, come on, only losers sleep for eight hours a night. Instead, you just take a 25-minute nap like every 90 minutes for the whole day. Really convenient, uh, for sure. Anyway. So he was obsessed for at, le at least a couple weeks with, like, the idea that, you know, it it's gonna suck to start with, but, like, once I get on it, I'm gonna be, like, more mentally clear than anybody else has ever been. And then after, like, four days, he, the first day he was like, I feel great. The second day he was like, it's, it's starting to get to me. Then, like, by the fourth day he was like, I hate this and I'm gonna, like, find a new way to have a personality. Um, which I, I support, because I think that... It's one of those things, I don't want to be like Dr. Pangloss or whatever, but I kind of feel like if, if there was such a, a simple sleep hack or something like that, it probably would have been uh, discovered and popularized and made the norm by now. Uh, anyway, ho the, the other thing that's interesting is uh, people, they sp have at, at least online, spread this uh, potential myth of like, well, you know, back in the... Uh, the the Victorian era, you know, back in like the 19th century, people didn't actually sleep like seven hours through the night. They would they would take a little sleep, and then they would wake up. And they're always they always point out like wake up, eat something, drink a glass of water, go to the bathroom, have sexual intercourse, and you know for the purposes of procreation only, and. Uh, you know, then go back to sleep, and everyone's like, I think people are, some people at least, are obsessed with this idea that, like, the way we do things in the modern era is, like, necessarily wrong. Um, I believed that for, like, a couple years, and probably spread it, you know, without ever testing it, or, or fact-finding at all, and, uh, then people were like, I, I read a, a thread that was like this actually just complete bullshit. People uh, maybe didn't sleep as well as they used to because, like, they had to wake up uh, before dawn to do farming, which was, like, you know, what 80 to 99% of the populace was employed in until, like, a century and a half ago. Who would have thought? I've been in, I haven't been having, like, the greatest sleep lately. Maybe that's why I've been thinking about sleep, but... I do also think that one of the best ways to appreciate sleep is to have um, two friends who have recently had a baby within the past week and a half. So even though I haven't been sleeping particularly well, anytime I'm like, oh, I'm a little tired, I just remember uh, that <laughs> both Sips and the, then a friend of mine from high school as well uh, had infants within the past week or so, and I'm like... Ah, you know what? It could be worse. Just remember waking up bleary-eyed at, uh, like, 5.15 in the morning and being like, Ah, oh, I'm so fucking tired, but at least, uh, at least Parking Wars is on TLC right now. Got to watch a lot of Parking Wars, which was pretty cool. 
I'm celebrating getting my first high school teaching job. Yo, congratulations. I, uh, I mean, this is, I, I, one of the reasons that I think, oh, well, that's a great trinket. One of the reasons I think I have so many hot takes is because there's like a part of me that resists saying the takes that I know everyone just agrees with. I'm like, that's boring. Let's talk about some some stuff that's a little bit more divisive, right? So this is the, the opposite of that. This is like the least hot take. I know everyone's like more or less going to agree with this. Um, yo, hello, Apollo, by the way. Hello. Dude, I was, I was dreaming about Pokemon Unite. <laughs> Blood puppy. Looks... Hey, look, that's Borlax, man. Shut the frick up. What are you freaking talking about? Didn't you... Word to your mother. The video's like so 2006. It's great. Sorry, Blood Puppy, by the way. Thanks for this. Um, we're, we're getting crazy here. I'm going freaking wild. Uh, anyway, on the subject of teaching. Very uh, noble profession. Especially, I, I was always like, I, I wouldn't say I was a teacher's pet, but I was like, uh, I was borderline for sure. <laughs> I always respected my teachers even when I went to school, but then when I taught myself, even though it was only for one year in a foreign country, uh, and as a result, I'm just going to be honest, like my responsibilities and expectations of my duties were so much lower than the average, uh, you know, teacher domestically. Um, it gives you a newfound respect. Like, teachers, it's a tough job, man. Like, first off, you don't get paid commensurate it with uh, the impact that you have on society or the amount of hours you work. And then whenever people uh, talk about it, they're always like, you know, yeah, but at least you get your summers off. And you're like, that's true. You do get like, you know, if you teach high school, you get like eight weeks off. Um, you also, I guess, get like your Christmas vacation and stuff like that. But I consider that like not as... Uh, not compensatory for having to deal with a room full of like 30 teenagers all day and then on top of teaching like the actual duty of teaching you have to uh you're you're like a a, a confidant you are a prison warden who has to maintain order in the classroom you have to be like a guidance counselor friend stand-up comedian motivational speaker anti-drug advocate like you gotta i guess it's never it's never really boring i guess even when you're teaching the same lesson like 25 times over but you're all that to chat yeah but uh i could just tell you to f off like at any point <laughs> it's <laughs> honestly i think it's really good for your your mental health to just like literally i know that at any given time i could just give everybody the finger and leave which, if you're a teacher, you, you would probably be disbarred or whatever. Had some teachers do that to me. Do it. And then, like, let me tell you. I feel like being a substitute... <laughs> <clears throat> being a substitute teacher has to be, like, one of the most thankless jobs on the planet. Like, literally, you, you come in, you meet 30 kids who you may never see again for, like, your entire life. And then at least half of them are like, let's fuck with them. You know, they're like, put up your name or put up your hand when they call attendance, even though it's not your name. I remember, Malf will tell you this too. We used to have like, uh, 
a, a kind of notorious uh, substitute teacher. Sometimes she would substitute teach physics class, which is kind of, can I just say, a little fucked up. You got to be pretty smart to teach like senior year physics class. Like you got to know what you're talking about, right? You can't just wing it. It's not like teaching the third grade where you're like, I know my times tables. Like you got to at least have, you're going to have to answer some questions or it basically just becomes daycare, I suppose, at that level. But anyway, um, our physics class was on the ground floor and had like an enormous series of windows that just led to the outside. One day we had that substitute teacher. They took attendance and then like literally when she turned her back, five kids just noped out of the classroom through the window. And when she turned around, I mean, like, I, what do you do, right? She just went like, you know, I guess I'm just going to keep teaching the class. They're like 17 years old. It's not like they're going to, you know, be baby's day out or anything like that. No, this is two different stories. It's not the one that I made cry by throwing the flowers on the ground. That was in like eighth grade. Um, by the time I was in high school, I was, you know, more empathetic than that. You know, I'd, I'd gone out of my phase where, you know, I thought that. You know, I was trying to make a name for myself socially in my peer group by acting out. At that point, I was just like, you know, I'm going to college in a couple. Uh, okay. In, in uh, you know, like a few months, I just want to ride this out. Did you serve time? I'm not at liberty to discuss that right now. The case is still ongoing. <clears throat> anyway, being a, being a, a teacher, very uh, noble profession. You give up a lot of nights, too, you know? Like, I, I, I'm i very glad that I didn't have to uh, do, like, what the heck? I didn't have to do, like, parent-teacher conferences or anything like that when I was teaching in Korea. Every once in a while, you, like, you know, weather a phone call from a parent that's like, why did my kid get a C? And you'd be like, because they suck at English. You know, is that easy? Easy enough, right? Um, But I, I think being a, like... As a kid, you always feel like maybe like your teachers are out to get you, right? If you're not a good student, you're like, oh, I bet the teacher is just, they're going to, yeah, you, you're loving this, aren't you, you sicko? You're going to tell my mom that I don't do my homework? I bet that's like your leisure time. I think if I were a teacher, like, I would hate parent-teacher, Nat. Are you crazy? You think I want to tell, like, Basically a stranger, I'll be like, shatter their image of their kid's academic record. That's a lot of conflict, man. I think I'd rather just, uh, you know, go home and watch some TV or something like that. <laughs> I don't think they derive much pleasure from it at all. Yeah, there's some, there's some teachers that get off on the power trip, I think. But most of them, I think, just normal, just normal people trying to fit into society, man. I mean, from my li very limited and non-representative experience as a teacher, it was, it, you know, the, the times when I had to talk with parents, you know, you never relish the thought of being like, your kid kind of is not putting in their all. But if their kid was crushing it, you're like, that's a great phone call. It's very nice to call somebody up and be like, uh, hey, your child is like really smart and uh, as a result, pleasant to be around. Or not even smart, but like, they, they try. <laughs> they don't just, like, stare out the window the whole class. Hello, your child is Pog. In Korea, I also had to do this thing called phone teaching. 
So like whenever you had uh, sometimes you had free periods during your work day, which of course they can't stand for that. So what you would have to do, you'd get like a list of kids that go to the school, some of which were not even really your students. And then you just call them up while they're eating dinner and just ask, like, converse with them in English. Which is not so bad, but is, like, really, really, like, a lot of uh, awkward situations where, like, you, you know, you gotta remember, you're in South Korea. You call a home of a person that speaks predominant Korean or perhaps only Korean... And then they pick up the phone and they say, Yoboseo. And then you go, <laughs> Hi, um, this is a Ryan teacher from school name. Uh, is uh, Chris there? And sometimes you would just be met with like a wall of silence. And then like 45 seconds later, you'd hear like, Hello, Ryan teacher. And it's like, it, it, you never knew what was coming up, you know? I also can't imagine, like, must suck to, like, be at home. You know, you finally got finished with, like, your 14 hours of school that day. And then you're, like, you know, just finished eating dinner. You're about to sit down and watch, like, Pororo or whatever. And then now you got to tell your teacher what you ate for dinner. But they, you're, like, you know, eight years old. They haven't taught you the word for pork yet. So you're just, like, uh, uh, damn teacher never leaves me alone. <laughs> What shows does the baby watch? She's still, like, not supposed to watch uh, TV. You know, I, I don't know. Technically, you probably reach a point where, like, it, if you, it, it's like eating fast food, right? Like, how much should you eat it? Uh, probably never, even as an adult. But, uh, you know, we're all gonna, we're gonna make a compromise there eventually. No, she hasn't seen The Irishman yet. She hasn't seen Joker yet. I mean, you gotta be honest, like, those are movies that came out before she was born. Most of us don't watch that many movies that come out before we're born. Yeah, she's still, like, her, her tastes aren't really that refined yet. You can tell, because, like, her favorite band is Weezer. We can say that, you know, <laughs> we'll say it before. <laughs> if, if a Dan raid comes in today, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to BM him. And it's like, she's like, I like Weezer, but the best album is the Red Album. I'm like, oh, baby, come on. No, she's pretty well read. Like she, it, it took her a while. I'm not gonna lie, but she did finish In Search of Lost Time recently, which I thought was. I mean, that's pretty ambitious for a baby. Uh, most adults uh, haven't read it, so myself included. Has she read Das Kapital? No, we're trying to um, trying to raise an apolitical baby. You know, just a baby that exists like outside of the system of uh, thought, like that. I was a centrist baby. I think I was raised as a centrist baby as well. What's your favorite video game? Uh, right now I'd say it's probably Pokemon Unite, but it varies minute to minute. I know I, I shouldn't keep mentioning the, the tweets of like... I think I'm doing Planet Earth a disservice by exclusively mentioning the dumbest tweets on the planet. But did you see the post from the West Virginia politician that was like... Uh, I mean, it was like a measuring contest for poorness. And people were trying to be, like, sympathetic. Because I think her original tweet was, like, 
you know, you shouldn't be allowed to be in politics until you've lived on a, a ramen noodle and uh, pinto bean diet. And then people were like trying to be in solidarity with her. But every time they replied and were like, yeah, or until you've slept on the street, she said she would just hit them with like something insane, like at least they have streets to sleep on. And I'm like, what are you even, what's your point here? You, are you really trying to like gatekeep homelessness? That's like, hey, at least you're sleeping on the sidewalk instead of sleeping on like the grass. I don't, I, I just, I, I did, just reading it, I was like, oh fuck, you're gonna make me cyberbully. <laughs> Anyway, I don't, I don't get that political on uh, Maine, but I w there was a big part of me that was like, what the hell are you talking about? Someone was, someone said, like, I lived off uh, saltines and ketchup packets, and she was like, people in my district don't even have access to ketchup packets. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you don't have ketchup packets? Or, or streets? I will say, and, and this is not, like, just meant to be uh, bait from me. This is a genuine question. Because she did say, as well, some people in my district don't have a grocery store within 50 miles of them. This is something that I actually can muster the ability to believe is true. But I would like to... I would like some confirmation. Certainly, I, I could see, like, 30 miles. 50 seems like a lot, but I, I, I'm not that familiar with the concept of, like, a food desert. Like, a grocery store being 50 miles away seems, like, so insane to me. It can get really bad. Oh, dude, honestly, like, that's... You know, even from a, a series of tweets as asinine as that, I guess there's still the opportunity to learn something. I have 50 miles to... Oh, no, you're saying that would be my personal hell? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, like, flex. I, I live in a, a, a pretty big city. Like, within 50 miles, I bet there's, like... There's probably, like, 200 grocery stores. May, maybe more, but... I guess I am gonna flex. <laughs> Is, yeah, it's Anecdote City, you know? That's why... I'm, I'm flexing just because there's so many possible grocery stores for me to go to. By the way, I'm not... I don't take uh, pleasure in uh, being correct all the time, infallibly. But did you see the news that Netflix growth has slowed substantially? Customers have cited increasing competition in the streaming wars from outlets such as Amazon Prime Video and Disney Plus. Uh, and HBO Max, to be fair, as well as a dearth of compelling original content on Netflix to begin with. And I was like, finally, that's what I've been saying, man. I know it's not that easy, but can you just make more uh, good stuff and less shows about macros? Cover your ears, please. Less shows about rich Australians... Uh, renovating properties to become Airbnbs. Please. I cannot watch any more shows about 
Australian real estate agents buying like a piece of junk property and then making an Airbnb for like $300 a night. It's just like one is too much. Macros, I said cover your ears. You can't be mad. I, I said cover your ears first. No, I don't think Netflix is like in any danger of like dying, but at least imminently, but its growth is, is slowing for sure. The only thing I, I watched on, on Netflix recently is uh, I watched Heist, which is a, a six-episode series, uh, a documentary series exploring people who have committed noteworthy robberies. Like, one was, like, robbing a food truck, one was robbing the Miami airport, and another one was uh, this case where they... Uh, people that worked at a distillery in Kentucky stole like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of highly prized bourbon. I thought that show was pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Heist. Thought it was a, a fun and engaging watch. More like that, please Netflix. Yo, I just because someone said, "What about the Chase?" I just found out that the Chase had not been canceled. I assumed, because it's an American game show that's not called Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, that it probably had like three seasons uh, and then was killed forever. Not only did I find out it's still actually airing Sundays at 9 p.m. on ABC, but the guy who did so well on Jeopardy, James Holzhauer, is actually like one of the chasers now. That's pretty cool. Bro, the show calls them chasers, okay? Like, I don't be mad at me. They they can run it through their ombudsman. Do you think they know? I mean, I didn't know until I said it, and then I thought about it for like two seconds, and then I was like, I bet that's what it is. So we're just moving on. Did you watch the furry dating show? Well, I I feel like I got two things to say there. One is I didn't know that it was out yet. The other one is, I don't think that it's, it's not a furry dating show, right? They're like, just dressed up in the outfits. I know it, it seems like perhaps just an academic distinction, but... <laughs> yeah, they're just people wearing uh, outfits. Is it out? I thought it came... Oh, it probably came out, yeah. Anyway, like the long and short of this, we're gonna go... Th this is gonna be like a legendary bit in terms of its length. Uh, just because the episode is so long, like, we're gonna cover a, a wide... This is gonna be, like, my manifesto this episode. Um, the, the point is, Netflix, uh, not so good, um, anymore. Please make good stuff again. I know it's not that easy, but also, um, you, the only thing you seem to be doing, like, a great job of, uh, so far is raising the price, like, 100% over the last three years. So, anyway, um, long story short, uh, moving on. <laughs> I had like a terrible uh, moment there for a second, by the way. I glanced over at my preview window and I thought that it said stream uptime zero minutes. And I, at first I was like, well, what, you know, I, I, oh no, I've been accidentally not streaming for like 45 minutes when I thought I was. And then the second thing I thought is, what the hell am I reading in chat then? Like, would it have I officially actually lost my mind? Because I've been reading, like, you know, 10 comments a second for almost an hour. That was... <laughs> that was scary, man. 
You're still on the plane. Just just a brief dissociation. Bro, I, I've said it before. If I'm in a coma, just let me sleep, man. I'm having a decent time. Could you change the, the channel, though? I don't know what that joke even means. I don't know. Beats me. <laughs> Finally getting a good night's sleep. Wake up to zero post this. Oh, dude. If I woke up and it was like April 2nd, and all the stuff that I thought I did in Isaac, I hadn't actually done. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just do it all over again. But I'd be like... <sighs> I definitely would perhaps do that. I might go like... <sighs> but honestly, I'd be kind of stoked, to be honest. Because, like, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's garbage in this game. <laughs> well, not garbage necessarily, but difficult. Um, but there's also a lot of, like, easy and very fun stuff. So, it, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta, without the sour, the sweet ain't as sweet. Jason Lee from Vanilla Sky. What do you got? Hermit. Nah, give me this. All right, Hannibal. Man, I wish I could do a good Mads Mikkelsen impression, and also Hannibal was like a more popular show. Cause I mean, it, it was relatively popular, but it also feel like it kind of got like canceled before its time. Oh, now you're talking. It's your own design. It's your own remorse. Help me to design. Now that's, dude. One of the all-time, that's that's Everybody Wants to Rule the World by um, Tears for Fears, by the way, in case you're wondering where you can place that song. One of the all-time deceptive drum beats. I remember being like, it came out for Rock Band, and I was like, oh, this will be fun to play. And then you're trying to play it on the drums. It's a... Sorry, sorry. It's hard, is what I'm trying to say. If it's hard to do it with your mouth, it's harder to do it with your hands. Put that one in the Phil Dumphy Book of Philosophy. Don't forget what Bun B said. Start with your head, homie, then use your hands. If you try it in reverse, you don't even stand a chance. Facts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, everybody wants to rule the world. All-time great, great bass, deceptively tricky drums. Tears for Fears. I don't know if this is the case in their native UK, but they're, like, super slept on in, uh, in North America. I think people only, uh, they know, like, Shout, and then they kind of know Everybody Wants to Rule the World, because it was the theme song for the Dennis Miller show for a while. But they're straight bangers, man. Mad World because of Donnie Darko? Kind of, but it's Gary Jewell's cover of Mad World in Donnie Darko. And then on top of that, the only other place I've really heard uh, them be talked about positively is Mouth used Head Over Heels in the Dragon Slayer Doppelganger official soundtrack. It's true. You can you can watch it. It's it's one of the first songs. I think it starts with Wouldn't It Be Nice. Honestly, I'm, I'm taking everything because if things get purged, well, except for uh, Damocles, but if things get purged, I, uh, I want to have more chafe, more chaff. Maybe not more chafe, I guess. 
Less chafe, I think, is good. More wheat? No, I want more chaff so that we keep more wheat, maybe. Does that kind of make sense? And now, what's the best pavement record? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think, you know, when I, when I first started listening to pavement, I was a big Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain guy. Uh, it, it's, it's got a little bit of that, you know, like slacker aesthetic, but it's much more polished than Slanted and Enchanted. I got a little older and I was like, Slanted and Enchanted's got a little bit, it, it feels almost more authentic, you know? And it, it's got some, some weirder songs that, that grew on me a little bit over time. Um, also, awesome uh, riff on Loretta's Scars. I mean, come on, it's, it's up there. Then, you know, you, you get into like your, your Abbey Road sort of phase, or your White Album phase, I should say, and then you got Wowie Zowie there. It's got like fake country music songs on it, like uh, Father to a Sister of a Thought. It's got Rattled by the Rush, and you know, you, it's got 75 songs, and you start to think, maybe this is my favorite Pavement album. And then, you know, Brighten the Corners, I wouldn't say is anybody's favorite, but you do have to respect. I mean, Stereo and Shady Lane are both two of the best pavement songs, without a doubt. Also has some of the best Spiral Stairs stuff on it. And then uh, Terror Twilight, I'll admit, when you, when you get down to Terror Twilight, you're kind of just like, you know, Carrot Rope's a fun song, and, and the album's solid, but it's not quite at the same level, but... Anyway, that's does that answer your question? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, Terror Twilight has spit on a stranger, that's true. Da donkey de doo-doo. Da donkey da doo-doo. This is rat jammable. Da donkey de doo-doo. Da donkey do doo-doo. Sir, the question was, is this your handwriting? <laughs> What about the silver juice? Dude, I love the silver juice as well. It's like my, it, the two kinds of like lullabies I'll sing to the baby is just magnetic fields and uh, and the silver juice. Like, cause it, they're the only two musicians I've ever known in my entire life who sing like in my register. Yeah, they're exactly in my cue zone. Speaking of music, thank you for recommending Ease by Joanna Newsom. I take no, I mean, thank you for thanking me. I take no credit for that. That album just, I, I know I've been down this road before, but uh, that album just pisses me off, much like Inside by Bo Burnham. Like the person, that that's an album you should not be able to make until you're like six months away from dying of old age. It's, it's so stupid that she made that album when she was like, you know, 20 years old. Not even just from the... Like, it's such a, a sprawling, like, deliberate piece of work. And also, like, her vernacular and vocabulary just annoys me. Not not in a mean way. I'm just actually like, like, shut up. Stop being like... Like, I don't know what the fuck antediluvian means. And it's like the third word on the album. It's just crazy, man. Astral Weeks was made, or is it, is it Astral Works? It was made when Van Morrison was 23. Look, I'm, uh, so fuck Van Morrison, but also like, as a musician, he's done some great stuff, don't get me wrong. 
But simultaneously, there's a little difference between like, you're my brown-eyed girl. Do you remember when uh, we used to sing sha-la-la-la? And, and then like, you know, with the meadow lock and the chimchurri and the pear. Like it's, there's a, you know, you can, you can make great music when you're, when you're young, don't get me wrong. This is just kind of, it's a, such a grown-up, mature work. It's not like, you know, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Look, I'm not trying to insult Van Morrison, okay? You, you've shown up again halfway into a, uh, uh, a bit where I'm insulting people. What the heck happened there? Look. Astral Weeks, whatever, man. Like, you know, more power to you. I've always been more of like a, a Nick Drake guy. Well, that hurts. <laughs> than a Van Morrison guy. But, hey, to each their own. Yeah, a little pitchfork core. That's what I'm saying. I know, because everybody only talks about, uh, you know, uh, or I only talk about Steely Dan. People think I don't know music. I know music. I just stopped. <laughs> I, I, I got full at some point, and I was like, ah, that's enough for, for one lifetime. Yeah, plus Steely Dan does slap. I So I watched a little bit of Hive Mind yesterday. That's uh, Ludwig and Moist Critical's game show. Uh, that's a little bit like Twitch Family Feud featuring streamers. Uh, Small Ant was on, and frickin' destroyed. Congratulations. And uh, I was in... I think I was in Small Ant's chat. Or maybe I was in Ludwig's chat. I can't remember. And it was like... Uh, if they... If Pokemon ever releases a, a song parody, what song should it be? And I typed in chat, personally, I think that the best answer would be... Deacon Blues by Steely Dan off their 1980 album Asia and I expected at, and this is my own ego coming home to roost right I expected at least one person would be like hello NL good joke but everybody was just like I got iced man I got iced to the extreme it got flooded away in chat in like two seconds, and <laughs> what's the joke? The, the joke is I like Steely Dan, man. The joke is that I like Steely Dan. I make dozens of on-par jokes and everyone ices me? Does Steely Dan like you? I, you know, I imagine not. I mean, one of them is dead, so... His opinion is somewhat moot at this point. Um, the other one I'd have to imagine... I mean, it's one of those things... He, he's like 76 years old or something like that. Like, I think that a lot of like my existence on the planet would be unfamiliar and thus perhaps threatening to somebody at that age. I'm not necessarily trying to prejudge uh, what, what he would think of me, but I'm like... I also think that possibly, like, you know, a lot of these musicians did uh, just a staggering amount of uh, drugs in the 1970s and 1980s. Uh, and as a result, I think, like, 
waiting 40 years and then asking their opinion on serious issues is actually just like an exercise in elder abuse? Like, why would I care what this 80-year-old thinks about, you know, something like this? Like, he's let him, let him just look out the window and enjoy his life, okay? That's not the kind of person that I, I'm going to take life advice from. The dude was, like, under the influence of heroin for 15 years straight. It's not, I'm not gonna, it's not necessarily a role model just because I think that their songs are, anyway, like, look, Steely Dan did great work. I have no idea what his, uh, what Steely Dan's drug use was. I also do know that the guy's name is not Steely Dan, but I kind of enjoy the bit. What does this have to do with liking you? Well, like, you know, I don't trust their judgment on, uh, anything except music. <laughs> If, if I wanted their opinion on, you know, something that I considered them an authoritative source in, uh, I would ask their opinion on, like, you know, Yacht Rock. Otherwise, I'm just gonna, you know, let him be. That's by the Beatles. Obladi, Oblada. But yeah, we need to know what Ja Rule thinks about it. Where is Ja? Did we, you know what pisses, you know what's bullshit, man? Um, escort missions. I know that it's like a meme, but I still don't understand to this day why when you play like Assassin's Creed, for example, the person that you're supposed to follow walks faster than the non-sprinting speed but slower than the sprinting speed so that you always have to like jog and then wait and jog and then wait like how are we at john carmack in like 1989 was building a, an inline function to calculate the square root of imaginary numbers we can't get npcs to walk at like a match speed to the main character what the hell's going on man this bit would have killed in 2011. Take me back. Take me back. You know what's bullshit? Wake up, wake up. It's the 22nd of the month. Wake up, come on, get up. I was in high school in 2011. Please don't take me back. That's like... I, you have to come to terms, like, there, there's so many different phases of, like, getting a little bit older. Because you seem like a little baby to me, based on what you just said. No offense. Um, because I was not in high school in 2011. In fact, I had graduated from college a year before that. So the fact that you were in high school when I was in college, I'm like, you're like a, a child, right? But actually, like if you were in 12th grade, you graduated that year, you're probably like 24 years old now. Which is crazy to me. Or 28? Oh my god, 28! Age is so weird, man. Like I was thinking about the other day, right? Like... Hassan just turned 30. Uh, I'm 32. So when I was in like 8th grade, he would have been in like 6th grade. 
But now I think he could crush my head, like just just with his index finger and his thumb. But like in eighth grade, I feel like I could have picked him up over my head and gone like this, and just like held him there for a minute. So I guess uh, my bit, as it always is, is the older you get, it's like you know the less the age difference actually matters, and you know it's kind of weird as a. Uh, as a 32-year-old man to constantly be contextualizing people's age in like the, well, when I was in eighth grade, you were in third grade. Isn't that weird? But, you know, that's the habit that I got into when I was younger, and it takes a bit to, to, to break it, I suppose. Your baby growing up will make you feel old. Yeah, I, I definitely... It's, it's weird, right? Because we're still at that phase. Like, I went walking uh, with the baby this morning. And uh, there were like a bunch of, I don't know, like field trips or, you know, little like toddler uh, camps or something like that that were walking around. I guess I was trying to, I thought it was for school, but I guess it's daycare because it's the summertime. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm at the point where I see my nine month old baby so much that when I see a five year old, they seem like a geriatric to me. Like, it, they look older than an old... Older than me, for sure. But also, like, older than an old man. <laughs> I'm like, anytime I see, like, a child walking under their own agency, I'm like, you are fucking old, man. You're, you're like a wizened old sage or something like that. It's so weird. But I, I know I'll get there for sure, like, where... It, I mean, somebody tweeted me the other day. I didn't know whether to take offense to the tweet or whether they were just high as hell. Like, you always got to run it through that filter. Um, the tweet was, wow, I just realized you're going to be 50 when your daughter is 18. And then they had, like, a mind-blown gif or something like that. And I just, I didn't reply, but I was just like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> I don't know, like, they, I was kind of, I, I looked at it for a second just waiting for, like, the the point to drop, but I was just like, a, a perfect stranger was like, when your daughter is 18, you're gonna be middle-aged, and I'm like, yeah, that is correct. I don't know, maybe it's, it's coming from somebody who, like, you know, in their life, people had kids a little earlier. I mean, this is, you know, I was 31. When we had uh, when we had our daughter, I feel like that's that's pretty within the range of normalcy here for a uh, for someone to be having their first child. So I, I was kind of like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, I'll, I'll be older. <laughs> when it, it is weird in a sense because like um, I, I it's it's having a child has been a, an exercise in like gaining, not that I disrespected my parents to begin with, but, but gaining a, even more respect for my parents. Cause they had me when my mom was 23, I think, and my dad was 24. Um, so my dad was my age when I was like eight. And that really puts it into perspective, right? Because I have memories of my father when I was around that age. And, you know, he had it all together. 
He knew everything there was to know about life. He's a great role model. Now I'm there, and I'm like, I don't know shit, and I have no practical real-world skills whatsoever, uh, <laughs> except, you know, I'm doing my part here. Don't I'm, I'm winning the bread. Um, but simultaneously, what I think it makes you realize is that they didn't have it all figured out back then as well. You know, you just seem like an incredibly authoritative source at, uh, you know, when, when you're the parents, you always seem like an authoritative source, I guess, if that makes sense. I always, I, I, I have like a, a, I'm trying to, like a rationalization obsession or something, or like a contextualization obsession. Anyway, that's, it's just interesting to think about, right? That's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> Pe people get older, but as you get older, the people that were young when you were young become the same age as you. And it's a little weird. It takes some getting used to. I think that's why you end That's every 23-year-old has like a, a situation where they go like, you know, Oh, I'm so old. I'm 23. Uh, some of the shows that I watched when I was a kid on Nickelodeon uh, have been canceled, but a few of them are still on, you know, like... And then you end up with idiots like me, like I'm, you know, 32, and I'm like, 23? That's not old. Wait till you hit 32. 32, you're old, man. Only like two shows that I watched when I was a kid are still on the air. But I will say, you know, I'm probably older than the average person watching this. Maybe not by much. Um, I've, I've really cemented my prime demo as being like probably between age 25 and, and 40 by referencing almost exclusively popular media from 15 to 20 years ago. And honestly, it's worked out okay. But I will say, if you're, it, it, it's weird seeing people be uh, like have a complex about turning thirty, because I, I really a didn't. I was I was just like kind of stoked, honestly. Uh, I, I guess it does depend on your, your lifestyle and your personality. Um, but then secondarily, like I'm I'm here to tell you, like it. It's just, um, it's kind of like an arbitrary con- Well, I mean, you, you do get older, don't get me wrong. But it, it doesn't have to change your life that much. Like, for me, being in my 30s has been a huge boon. At least psychologically. Because I feel like the older you get, like, the less you give a crap about changing your lifestyle to, like, fit the perceptions of society. And I think, you know, if, if you're desire is to just let yourself go and self-destruct then that sucks <laughs> but if you're if you're like me and largely your lifestyle is like very boring and you spent a lot of your 20s uh being like not impolitely but just being made fun of for being like yeah what'd you do last night uh read a book wow you're like a hundred billion years old um then for me, I think it, it means that it was a positive because my perception of so society's perception of what someone my age does has become much more in line with my lifestyle over time. And I haven't changed that much. The Overton window of acceptable hobbies for, for my peers is, is working in my favor instead of to my detriment now. 
So if you are already uh, pleasantly boring as a as a you know a twenty something or even as a teenager, like honestly get ready because the world is gonna it's the lens of the world is gonna turn its favor towards you as you get older. In my opinion. Quick name a woman. Um, a woman. <laughs> For a I, I only do it for a dollar. That's my thing. That's based. I'm 20 and I love to knit. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it. I think it also depends, like, on your peer group as well. Like, if you have peers that love to knit, then just embrace that, right? But, like, you might, depending on the kind of friends you have, also have friends who are like, hey, it's my birthday and you're my best friend. Please come to the nightclub with me. And then you got to be like, ah, shit. <laughs> I, as you get older, that stuff happens less and less. Or should, at least. Um, my friend's birthday week. What? Yeah, hey, please, it's my birthday. Please come to my John McCain election party. <laughs> oh, no! How many women do you think you can name in less than a minute? I'm not going to answer the question because it's a tough question to answer. Um, but it, it really, it, it's interesting, right? Because uh, I think it's one of those things where the question is so broad, it's actually hard to think of as many answers as you could if, that it, if it was narrowed. You know what I mean? That was not pun intended. It was not pun intended. Get, get those words out of my mouth. It's a generalized category is what I meant to say. But like if I if if you said name 30 women in a minute, I think I would kind of I would give myself a reasonable chance to fail it. But if you were like, hey, name like 30 women athletes or something in a minute, I would be like, okay, I could totally do that. Name, like, if, if, if someone said, like, name 20... Uh, here, here's a better example. If someone said name 20 women, I would be like, I, I that's a tough question. If someone said name 20 actresses, I would be like, that's easy. You just start, you'd be like Anne Hathaway, okay? And then Anne Hathaway was in The Devil Wears Prada with Emily Blunt. And also Meryl Streep and also Stanley Tucci, which is why I got the top button buttoned up. I'm, I'm rocking the Tucci core. Meryl Streep, of course, was also in Moonstruck with Cher, who uh, Bruce Willis, I think, was in that, maybe. Bruce Willis was married to Demi Moore. Demi Moore, by the way, was in one of those Charlie's Angels movies with uh, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu, of course, uh, was very famously in... Uh, Abby McBeal with Callista Flockhart, but she was also in Kill Bill with Uma Thurman. And of course, uh, who else was in uh, Kill Bill with Uma Thurman? Um, Vivica A. Fox. And then I'm like, I'm kind of at a loss now, but you get the idea. You could just keep going for like, I add infinitum essentially. Yeah, Daryl Hannah was in Kill Bill Part 2. I don't know what else she was in, but she kind of reminds me of, like, Farrah Fawcett. And then, like, Farrah Fawcett was in Charlie's Angels, the original. I don't remember, like, who else was in those. But then, you know, you got to think about famous uh, sex symbols of, like, the 70s and 80s. You got, like, Ursula Andress in there. You got Raquel Welch. 
for some reason, Sigourney Weaver just popped into my head. Of course, she was in Alien Resurrection uh, with Winona Ryder. And then if we're talking about alien movies, I mean, you got Numi Rapace, who was also in that. She was in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Daniel Craig was in the American remake of that and in the American remake of... Uh, well, and James Bond, you got to remember that Ava Green was in those, and then Adele sang one of, well, she's not really an actress, I suppose, but, uh, and, uh, Lucille Ball, the end. Please stop. <laughs> Just had to go down the rabbit hole. It's kind of a cosmic gumbo. Bro, stop. You win. I'm just... Look, it's just like Magic the Gathering. I went infinite. Do you do you concede? Does it resolve? Do you concede? Do a league of their own without mentioning Tom Hanks. You got... Okay, you got Madonna. You got Gina Davis. You got Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, and that's all I know. I th and I, honestly, I'm a, I think that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. It has Tank Girl as played by Lori Petty. I forgot Lori Petty played the, the younger sister in that. Okay, one more floor, and then we're actually done with rerun. And I can finally go to the damn bathroom. I've been squirming around for like five minutes here. Sorry, I, 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 I didn't have to squirm for a bit because I retreated into my mind palace. Is that true what Jim Carrey says in Liar Liar? Where he's like, can I go to the bathroom? And the judge is like, why? And then he says like, well, I read in Men's Health that... If you uh, hold it inconsistently, you can make it difficult to maintain an erection or even to get aroused. And then the judge goes, is that true? And then he goes, it must be. Because he can't tell a lie, get it?